What's up, everybody, and hello, Team NXT CD. Danny Mac here, bringing you episode 58 of the Undisputed Future Podcast, and this has all the emphasis on the aftermath of TakeOver Chicago 2, and we're a little bit back to the future because I have been on vacation for a number of days. It is Sunday morning at the moment, and uh, I didn't have a chance to watch NXT Live, and it hurts me a little bit to admit that to you guys, but I'm back on the horse. I'm all caught up in my viewing, and this episode from June 27th could not have started off with a better way. Alistair Black, still champion, returning to Full Sail University after the vicious confrontation with the Leviathan, Lars Sullivan. And Alistair Black started off the show talking about adversity and how you deal with adversity defines you. And the adversity's name was Lars Sullivan, but he made that adversity fade to black. And that message stands out to me because it's a very important Mantra, and it's part of the code of Bushido, is to overcome and to persevere. We have a saying in the martial arts, Oshu Shinobu means to go beyond your limits and to persevere. And that's exactly what Aleister Black seems to have done overcoming Lars Sullivan. But somebody personified as the devil in NXT, also known as the Sicilian Psychopath, also known as Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa coming off the victory against his bad blood brethren, Johnny Gargano, in the Chicago street fight. That ending and that DDT on the exposed part of the ring still playing in the back of my mind watching this edition of NXT. And quite frankly, probably every single chance I see Tommaso Ciampa from here on out. Tommaso Ciampa vows that Aleister Black has stared into the eyes of adversity, but now you have to stare into the eyes of the devil. Just one of many of the bold statements Tommaso Ciampa would make throughout this segment, but one of the ones that did stand out to me, and again, it does link back to a martial arts protocol, Tommaso Ciampa vows that Aleister Black is made by the NXT title. Now, it's not the belt who makes the man, it's the man who makes the belt. That's the karate side of things, whereas the professional wrestling things, it's not the title who makes the champion, it's the champion who makes the title. And most relevant to that, I can honestly give credit where credit is due. It's The Miz and, of course, Seth Rollins when it comes to that Intercontinental Championship. But does the title really make the man when it comes to Aleister Black? Aleister Black is still undefeated when it comes to one-on-one action, but Tommaso Ciampa will find any ways to get into his opponent's head, including the fact that he beat Johnny Gargano with his hands tied behind his back after that emotional and physical torment in that Chicago street fight. Tommaso Ciampa vows to expose this mystique around Aleister Black, although the ironic part about that, in my opinion, is that this is the most out and open on the microphone we've gotten a chance to see Aleister Black. Aleister Black arguably getting the most amount of time during this opening segment to really speak his piece and speak his mind as a champion... We are getting the more humanized version of Aleister Black, 
but we're also getting a man whose mind is still shrouded in mystery. I guess that's the side that Tommaso Ciampa vows to expose. In that moment, your title reign fades to black. Any moment Tommaso Ciampa wants to make his moments, we all know has negative connotations to it. And I could only imagine the physical toll that Tommaso Ciampa wants to deliver on the NXT champion just to prove that he can once again do something that Johnny Gargano has not. Tommaso's already turned his back on the NXT universe. He's already turned his back on Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae's wife. Can he wrap the NXT championship around his waist? Now, the interesting aspect about this role reversal, I call this a role reversal because let's look back at TakeOver New Orleans. Unsanctioned match, Johnny Gargano picks up the win. All the championship aspirations are once again in his sights. But Champa with a vicious attack, just about parallel to Chicago 1's in full sail, reignites this rivalry. Tommaso Champa walks away, take over Chicago 2 with a victory in the Chicago street fight. Now sets his sights on Aleister Black and the NXT Championship Gold. What does Johnny Gargano do to retaliate that? We get a little bit of what's possibly to come after Candice LeRae takes on the lady of NXT, Lacey Evans. And we get just a little bit of a glimpse at Johnny Gargano watching his wife in action. But before that chunk of NXT women's action, I do want to discuss Vanessa Bourne. Vanessa Bourne getting inquiries outside of the Performance Center, but Bourne had a question of her own. Why does Kyrie Sane dress as a pirate? Why? She thinks it's stupid. We should be admiring her. Vanessa Bourne is a vision of what a woman should look like. But in my eyes, she's not the vision of what an NXT competitor should look like. Maybe if you did something a little bit more unorthodox, like dress as a pirate, you'd wrap up a couple more wins underneath your belt. I mean, no cheap shot at Vanessa Bourne. She's improving like most of the NXT women's division, but it's just a thought. I'm not going to take away anything from Vanessa Bourne's competition aspirations. It takes a lot of gusto to want to call out the May Young Classic Tournament winner, the Pirate Princess, Kyrie Sane, especially considering what we've seen her do against a larger opponent in the aforementioned Lacey Evans the past number of weeks. This is a series rivalry that I thought delivered on all fronts. It was nice to see a developing undercard rivalry in the NXT women's division. If we're going to feature Kyrie Sane in another one of those, I feel like it could also elevate somewhere where the spotlight needs to be shown and possibly giving Vanessa Bourne a little bit more leeway and some competition spotlight could do just as beneficial things for her because Lacey Evans did have a really good match against Candice LeRae, and I will be talking about that, but I got to push on through, and I got to talk about Kona Reeves. Fine. I guess. The finest. Fine. I'll talk about Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves taking on Max Humberto, and Kona Reeves 
Kona Reeves is already already trying to be what we already have in NXT. There's a rich guy singing his own theme song, which admittedly, I'll say Kona's is better than his first draft of a theme song, but we already have somebody who's up in the classes and sings his own theme song. We have EC3. We have NXT becoming NX3. We don't need any more copycat character things going on here, Kona Reeves. Obviously watching his Million Dollar Man footage. I'll give Kona Reeves that. He's trying to piece it together. We already have one of those though. It it just all leads back. I can't watch Kona Reeves without thinking we already have somebody exactly... No, not exactly like him. We already have somebody with championship caliber better than him. I'm really, really wishing they would have given a shot where this strange flying Hawaiian, the guy we saw taking on Aleister Black one-on-one a number of months ago. I was kind of hoping we'd see where that character goes because this just has way too many parallels of something we've either already seen before, and I'll go back and mention Glorious Bobby Roode as NXT champion, or somebody we already have currently in the present, which is EC3. And unless Kona Reeves wants to be the future of rich guy gimmicks, then EC3's got to go up. He's got to go to Raw or SmackDown, or he's got to be a champion. He's got to have something that stands out, because we can't have two guys who aren't champions honing this similar of a character. I'll once again give credit where it's due. Studying his Million Dollar Man DiBiase tapes. Being very vocal in the ring. The Big Boot looked better this week. It's it's kind of hard to try and find a silver lining during a Kona Reeves match. But you know this show, if you've listened to it before, I'm trying not to be one for negativity. But the finisher sucks too. The Hawaiian drop, it just looks too awkward on a larger sized opponent. Max was not a small guy on this edition of NXT. It was another win for Kona Reeves. It's another step in the creativity developmental territory department. But I'm just, I'm not convinced yet. I'm not convinced yet. And I don't think my brothers at the other NXT podcast at Who Got Next are really that much convinced either. So Kona Reeves strikes up another win on his record against Max Umberto. I really wish I had more positive things to say. I'll say this. I'll say it like I've been saying the past number of weeks. I really wish I could stop being so repetitive when it comes to a Kona Reeves match. But it's fine. It's not the finest. It's not a million dollar matchup. But it's fine. It it classifies another five minutes of WWE developmental territory. That much is for sure. Kona Reeves is without a doubt a reminder that NXT is developmental territory. So if you want to shine something on it, he's uh, he's not letting us forget our roots and why we watch NXT. So thank you, Kona Reeves, for reminding us this is a developmental system. Honestly, that's about as nice of a segue as I can make after a Kona Reeves match. Let's jump into NXT Women's Competition with Candice LeRae Gargano taking on Lacey Evans. And I'm actually very happy that Candice LeRae goes by 
just Candice Gray in her character name, but it's always a fun reminder. But this week was a great reminder that Candice Gray is not just Johnny Gargano's wife, but an impressive in-ring competitor herself. Lacey Evans, although dominating the smaller opponent in the beginning of this one, I chalked that up to Candice still being a victim of her mental struggles. Johnny Gargano coming off that hellacious loss in Chicago had to be playing some part in Candice's performance tonight, maybe even giving something a little bit more to fight for. Lacey Evans having her own reasons to fight for after coming off that second loss to Kyrie Sane, the beholder of the women's right would take a hell of a lot of focus on Candice LeRae's left shoulder, that is. And Lacey Evans able to dominate the smaller opponents for a majority of the match, but just like Johnny, Candice LeRae's resilience cannot be denied. The small, diminutive dynamo, I know that belongs to Kyrie Sane's nickname in Moro Ronaldo's eyes, but I love saying it as often as I possibly can, and Candice LeRae definitely fits that description. A dynamic comeback, a fast-paced, really picking it up towards the ending. It would be an impaler to a springboard Lorray Lion Salt second rope moonsault, beautifully executed by Candice for the 1-2-3 and the victory over Lacey Evans. Lorray Lion Salt. I really think that should go somewhere. The alliteration is there. It's a beautiful skyrocketing moonsault that brought Candice a victory. Somebody in the Gargano household had to walk away with a singles victory at some point soon, right? And Candice was able to conquer. Johnny Gargano getting a chance to react with Kathy Kelly. His wife is his favorite wrestler. Candice Corey is my favorite wrestler. Not the first time I've seen that or heard it, but it makes me smile each and every time. Hard to focus. Far from over this rivalry with Tommaso Ciampa, you can tell Johnny's mind was not in the right place watching his wife, but that focus immediately snaps back to Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny sees it as one victory apiece. He vows to talk to William Regal and have this thing settled one more time. And he mentioned Brooklyn. I can't be any more excited for the prospects of a Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa match possibly taking place for that championship. Throw in three of my favorites in the NXT circle right now in a main event that I will be able to sit there live for. I mean, I don't ask for much as a fan, but that's something I would beg and plead to see live. But Johnny Gargano is going to go beg and plead to William Regal to settle this thing once and for all in some sort of circumstance with Tommaso Ciampa. Lorraine getting a chance to react to her victory as well. She mentioned the distractions of what her husband is going through, but she can't make the same mistakes again. She's let the mental fog cost her victories before. The loss to Bianca Belair comes to mind immediately. And Candice is a focused competitor herself, and she has her own championship aspirations in mind. She continues to be inspired by her husband, so the championship drive between Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano is mutual, and quite frankly, it's relationship goals in my mind. 
Let's go over to NXT Tag Team Division action, though, where friendship goals and heavy machinery is found, or at least grilling goals for sure, at least not in the vegan eyes of possible members of Team NXT, which is fine. Which is fine, I'm trying to do my own bit in being a little bit more conscious myself, but heavy machinery is all about the eats and the competition. They vow no more games against TM61, now known as the Mighty. No matter what they call themselves, they want Shane Thorne and Nick Miller. They're coming! I don't know how good of a Dozovic impression that was. I'm definitely going to try and listen back to that one. If it's terrible, I'm never going to attempt that again. But Asa is one of my favorite things. That definitely jumps back to a karate reference as well. Me and my students tend to shout that after every single class. And that goes back way, way before I became a fan of Big Dozer. But let's talk tag team action, though. This another undercard rivalry that might not be quite finished. Both of these teams have been victims to the War Raiders before. I mentioned last episode talking about the War Raiders taking on the Mighty that there's a lot of teams wanting to throw their names in the hat for the Tag Team Championship opportunities here on te- here on NXT television and especially considering there's new holders of that throne. Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven victorious during the WWE NXT UK Showcase. Could it technically be considered the first episode of NXT UK? There's a lot to think about here, but the NXT UK brand being announced opens up the competition for for so many titles on NXT. We're going to get to see so many clashes of styles compete for championships up and down the NXT brand. We saw it happen Tony Storm versus Shayna Baszler, and we saw it with Mustache Mountain taking on the Undisputed Era, which was match of that two-day period. I thought the six-man tag team match with all of British Strong Style taking on Undisputed Era could not be one-upped, and that tag team championship match definitely did it, and the unexpected ending, although it would have been more unexpected if WWE didn't spoil it days in advance, but that's okay. Regardless, the point stays the same. Mustache Mountain are new holders of the throne. Undisputed Era wants their titles back. Heavy Machinery, War Raiders, the Mighty all want championship stakes. This tag team division is wide open right now, guys. Give me your thoughts. Who are the next rightful number one contenders for those NXT tag team titles? We will see the champions in action later on in just a matter of of moments I will be discussing that but I do want to take some time before it is main event discussion time to just get a couple thoughts on the UK tournament and the NXT showcase right off the bat if you listen to episode 50 you know that one of the talents that got away in my opinion after the Mae Young Classic is definitely Tony Storm Tony Storm getting a shot at Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship is Huge. I have not heard a word of her signing with the brand yet, but that definitely opens up my optimism way more than it has before. She's gotten a little bit of an open-ended rivalry with Shayna Baszler, considering a post-match assault. 
I don't know. I really feel like the NXT women's division is wide open right now. Where is the talent going to come from? Where is the next competitor for Baszler's title going to come from? The NXT UK definitely showed that women can showcase and there's some serious competition out there for Baszler. If somebody named Killer Kelly, who also wrestles with a mouthpiece, didn't immediately make you think competition for Shayna Baszler, then you might want to rematch, rewatch that triple threat match or her singles match with Charlie Morgan. Despite not walking away victorious, I'm a believer in Killer Kelly, definitely one of my favorite new talents exposed to me during that tournament. But singles competition, the men, Travis Banks, one of my new favorite wrestlers, another karate practitioner, Shotokan Karate out of him and Kempo Karate out of me, in case anybody has ever been curious. But Travis Banks taking it to the absolute limit against Zach Gibson in that finals matchup. And Zach Gibson proving that he can be a top heel in NXT, especially considering the reaction from that crowd. And I definitely think looking like Tommaso Ciampa can definitely push that sort of situation there. I'm just praying for one simple backstage interaction, even if they just stare at each other up and down and somebody says, nice beard or nice haircut or something simple like that. I really do think a interaction between those two men is necessary. But despite all Zach Gibson's success, Pete Dunne walks away successfully still the UK champion. Mustache Mountain walks away with the NXT tag team titles. All of British strong style holds gold in WWE. That's amazing to me, and that was my biggest takeaway from the NXT UK championship showcase tournament. I don't even know what to call that two-day spectacle. It was like a tournament and a takeover combined, as well as an episode of NXT because there were singles action between the ladies that was kind of out of nowhere. It was a great two days of wrestling. Guys, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it, I'm not going to sugarcoat the time. It was a lot of wrestling. It was a couple hours a day. But whatever you missed, definitely jump around. Keep your eye out for the future of the NXT UK division. But the present of NXT UK talents is the tag team champions. Mustache Mountain in action, presumably to take on David Dixon and Carl Axelrod. Two guys unfamiliar to me in NXT, but getting an entrance. Right, you get an entrance against the NXT Tag Team Champions. There's got to be big things in store for you, right? No, there was a big, vicious attack by the former Tag Team Champions and their leader in arms, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, the three healthy representing members of the Undisputed Era, absolutely jumping and mauling these two young talents in the Tag Team Division. Kyle O'Reilly would go on to claim that this tag team championship victory was a fluke and it only happened because they were able to be held up by their entire countrymen. Big bold words by Kyle O'Reilly there. Roderick Strong objecting to the win as well. And Adam Cole 
would lead his two Undisputed Era friends in a Shield-like setup to attempt to assault the new Tag Team Champions. But just like the Shield reminiscent in Undisputed Era, Ricochet would arrive like Spider-Man, making weird comparisons here. One of the biggest factions of all time to the real-life one and only superhero of NXT, Ricochet coming to the rescue. It really feels like there were two high school kids ready to be jumped by three big bad bullies. And then Spider-Man just jumps in, flips around to the rescue, which would lead to six-man tag team action. And it was great chemistry for a makeshift team. Ricochet and Mustache Mountain displaying some entertaining tag team chemistry against the former tag team champions in this match. It was crazy. It was chaotic. Good, if I could point to it on a map or I could pigeonhole it as anything. It was chaotic. Good. You never know where the action was going to come from. It showed the resilience of Kyle O'Reilly, the teacher and student relationship of Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, respectively, and Ricochet showing that he moves like no other. The six-man action in NXT lately has been awesome. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Watch the British Strong Style versus this same representing three of Undisputed Era. Fantastic six-man tag team match there as well. But Ricochet proving that he moves like nobody else in NXT whilst avoiding a total elimination tag team maneuver by Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. Unbelievable handspring to counter that collision. But he would also counter Cole for a 6.30 and then Kyle O'Reilly proving his loyalty and resilience once again would pull Adam Cole out of the way. Just when you think Full Sail was ready to erupt for another Ricochet victory, a Roderick Strong ends of heartache onto the apron. I think I got a spinal injury just watching Ricochet take that move. And then Adam Cole would just slightly get the chance to cover Ricochet for the successful 1-2-3 and Undisputed Era able to rebound against Ricochet for a victory. It was a much-needed victory in the in my eyes, to be quite frank. Adam Cole has his own singles success against Wolfgang during that UK time, but Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong coming off their championship loss, I really thought one of those two guys would have gotten a redemption pinfall over Trent Seven or Tyler Bate. But I just found it kind of funny that the two guys not in the championship rivalry were the two guys to meet the pinfalls here. Adam Cole covering Ricochet for an undisputed ending to this edition of NXT television. Chicago Aftermath. We're kind of on the road to Brooklyn. A little bit of foreshadowing by Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny Gargano mentions TakeOver Brooklyn 4. The bits and pieces of a possible North American Championship rivalry between Adam Cole and Ricochet. When will Undisputed Era cash in their rematch clause for their NXT Tag Team Championship gold? These weeks can either be foreshadowing for Brooklyn or be building the blocks for some unbelievable 
NXT television action in these upcoming weeks. And these upcoming weeks, you'll find me right here discussing it all with you. Be sure to stay tuned with me on the social media as well at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. You'll find my main roster coverage as well. I'll be live tweeting Raw this evening and I'll be live tweeting SmackDown tomorrow night. I'm hoping to get this episode out for your Monday afternoon commute home from work. At the very latest, it's going to be out for your Tuesday trip home. Follow me on Facebook as well, not as active of a social media, but at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the Instagram. And you'll find wrestling memes, you'll find pictures of Team NXT's mascot, the Shiba Inu mix, the other Japanese phenom of the world in NXT, Colin, my own little buddy. So stay tuned if you're a dog lover to the Instagram, and just keep just keep following me, guys. I can't express the amount of outreach that has come via social media. I'm at over a thousand followers on Twitter. Thank you so much. If it's your first time or over fiftieth time, I'm gonna start having to say over sixty soon, which feels just as weird. I can imagine, I can imagine all over the day where I decided to want to launch a NXT-based podcast. It was the morning after NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, and it was that Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, DIY versus The Revival, Scott Dawson, and Dash Wilder match. I just really felt like I didn't have anybody other than Nikki Six to talk to about what a great match that was, what unbelievable storytelling that match was, and that's really the reason why I'm sitting here and it's just super cool and super ironic that Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa would be one of the top reasons I'm still sitting here today. But the main reason is each and every one of you. If you've listened to me once, if you've listened to me even for just a couple seconds, you're a part of Team NXT in my eyes. And I can't thank you guys enough for tuning in and making this show worth it each and every week to jump behind the microphone and talk to you about the A brand in all of professional wrestling, NXT. I am C.D. Danny Mack. Thank you for listening once again, as if I haven't said thank you enough times in the past couple of minutes. Have a great week. Join me next week for another episode highlighted by Johnny Gargano taking on EC3 in a spotlight main event. Stay cool out there if it's summertime in your region, and the discussion is always hot right here on the Undisputed Future Podcast.